hi and hello. Today we are sober and serious and we are going to talk with Saren about what is happening in the world right now. Um, <laughs> it's not really um, too shocking that things have escalated as um, far and seriously as they have, but um, unfortunately there are still a lot of people who have remained in the dark about how and why things are happening. So hopefully um, through our game of 11, 20 questions, we will at least change the mind or give like like some perspective to at least one person out there. Right now we're just going to wait for Saren to load up and in the meantime I will keep talking because, well, that's what I do best, right? Uh, <laughs> um, so I have um, gone on a, a bit of a hiatus from High With Hottie Hump Day for the same reason as I touched on la um, last week in my post which is I just feel like right now um, my voice isn't really the priority. <laughs> I, um, while I do have a lot to say about everything all the time forever, I don't think that I'm the one that people should be listening to, but I do have this handy platform and some people who do listen to me, so I'm here to now utilize it and hopefully people will listen to my friends. <laughs> I know I ask so much. <laughs> um, don't be a dick. That's my... Yeah, um, still waiting for Saren. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they'll be here shortly. Um, so the way that we are going to be going through the questions is I just numbered them 1 to 11 and I have a 10-sided die and I'm just going to improvise how to get to number 11. I'm sure I can figure it out. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm excited about the show, not only because, um, well, I, I always joke that uh, my, my show's stupid, <laughs> because it is um, just me getting to know people personally, which for me is like one of my favorite things to do. I love people. So it's a good exploration of just like, like asking my friends silly questions and having a good time and entertaining people. And now I want to use that format, um, like the same format, obviously. <laughs> um, and just spread information because why not? <laughs> um, Just one moment. Hello, Sarah, nice hair. Thank you. Nice hair in. <laughs> sure. Sure. It's <laughs> the appropriate response, I think. <laughs> so I just um, r rambled um, about what we're, we're doing and explained what we're, we're doing, but I didn't say a thing about you. <laughs> um, so w would you like me to blabber about you, or do you have some wonderful things to say about yourself? It doesn't have to be long. 
Why don't you start? Hello, everyone. This is Sarah and one of my great friends, and I love them so much, and they're here to talk to us about life. <laughs> I couldn't have said that. Well, no, I, I, if you did, I would have been a bit concerned, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm Theron. I, I exist. And you do a great a job at it. Thank you. I try <laughs> my best. We're all trying our best right now. That's all we can do, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to just, um, jump right in? Uh... Sure. All right. So I'm using um, the dice you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be serendipitous. <laughs> <laughs> Gets funnier every time. <laughs> Is it? All right. Number three. Okay. What does reverse racism mean, and how is it dangerous? Well, uh, reverse racism is the perception that racism can be turned around on the dominant race, and they can be oppressed by racial prejudice. Uh, it's the resentment of initiatives like affirmative action and the belief that affirmative action means that jobs will go to unqualified people of color instead of qualified white people when it's the, the opposite. It's mm -hmm. jobs will now go to qualified people of color instead of unqualified white people as they have historically. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a perception of equality as oppression. And it's definitely a myth. I, um, I don't want to alienate people who, by like saying their experiences aren't valid, they feel certain ways like if they're a white person that grew up in a black neighborhood and maybe they weren't as accepted because they were different i i understand that can be that could be hurtful but it's not the same as systemic oppression racial yeah. prejudice and systemic oppression are not the same a racism oppression it's being passed over for jobs and promotions and racism because of the color of your skin. It's, it's higher incarceration rates. It's, it's something that's so ingrained into our culture that a lot of people don't even see it. And that's why equality can seem like oppression mm -hmm. to the business class. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, from you know my 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 perspective with that, I um I have not experienced racism. 
I have um, had people say bad things about me because I'm a white person. <laughs> and I'm, but like, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of agreed with them. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's yeah. people. People aren't who aren't used to having to reckon with the fact that they are privileged. Being forced to face that can okay. it can sort of instill this defensiveness I believe yeah yeah um I grew up in a small town of mostly white people who are all felt very self-loathing so <laughs> um so there was lots of racism there and I like grew up thinking that I was like above it and that it was something that I didn't even have to learn about because like like I, I don't see color was the mindset that I moved out of Welland with yeah and I started working at a Tim Hortons where, like, there were two other white people, but there were 30 employees. So um, there, I, for the first time in my life, I ever had to deal with not, I, I don't know what it It was just like, I just, I was the different one. And, like, it would be for, like, 40 hours a week. I would have to go through that and it wasn't the best experience, but it's not something that I identify with because, well, I worked there for a year <laughs> <laughs> I, and it was, you know, something I could leave and that's not an option that a lot of people have. And that was my story. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. And that's like another thought I had was that you can feel that, but it's not going to follow you. Yeah. It won't follow you to other places of employment the way that it does for some people. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for your story. Thank you for listening. <laughs> you ready? What's next? Hit me. Number five. Ooh, your favorite one. How would you explain intersectional racism? <laughs> Okay, so that one, I believe, is basically just other marginalized groups lashing out at basically what they think they can hit. So it's not easy to punch up in a meaningful way, mm -hmm. but it's always punch down and when it comes to um for example women women are not a minority group but they are a marginalized group mm -hmm. and they are oppressed in many facets of society but white women can still be racist they can they can still punch down at men of color, women of color, and they don't always see it. They're like, I understand what oppression is. I can't possibly be oppressive because I experienced this, but all experiences are not created equal. Yeah. And they just, you can't really understand what it's like 
to have to deal with multiple intersections of oppression. You can be you can be a queer woman and still not understand what a queer woman of color is going through. Yeah. And you are not immune to the prejudices of the society because you feel another form of oppression. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what your question was? Yeah, it was, um, it, it is um, something that a lot of people have, um, aren't really aware of. So I was just looking for a general, what is? <laughs> And you did good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Actually, sorry, one other thing about um, intersectional racism. I think a lot of people uh, have this, this feeling people of color can't be racist. And that's also not true. Mm -hmm. Like, black people can still be xenophobic, Islamophobic, Asian people can be anti-black. It, it doesn't excuse your, your actions because you experience, again, a certain form of oppression. It's not equal and it doesn't make you immune to social bias. It, just because white people are oppressing you does not mean you're not helping them when you are looking down on or discriminating against another group in a similar situation, but not the exact same situation. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah. Very good. I, I approve your answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ready for question three? Or question seven? <laughs> Where do you find the line between cultural appropriation and appreciation is? Can culture be fluid? Uh, yes, uh, I think culture can be fluid. As for, for where the line is drawn, the line should be drawn exclusively by that culture. You can't, you can't draw someone else's line for them. Yeah. You can't be like, well, this is cultural appropriation for me, but I'm just appreciating your culture. You, you, can't, you can't do that. Every culture draws the line somewhere different. Yeah. The important thing to do is to ask, listen, and follow the like there there will be disagreements between people of the same culture but i think the best the best point of action is to take the path of least harm mm -hmm. so if one person says oh this is fine i don't care and another person is like this is really upsetting me why why argue just to be contrary just yeah like, like do you know if something that you're doing is upsetting someone why do you keep doing it unless it's something you can't control yeah like obviously your existence upsets some people 
and you can't really do anything about that. Yeah, but if, that's your that's actions, if, if your actions are hurting anyone and you have the ability to stop doing that, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. You you can find one person of any group who says, "Oh, I don't, I don't really care," but the hundred people are mad at you, and one person is saying you're fine. Maybe there's the problem. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely something where like the answer to this question is almost just as fluid as the culture can be. <laughs> The culture is fluid. The the lines can be fluid. There could be there could be something. You've talked to a hundred people. They all say that they don't really care if you do this part of their culture. And you can talk to one person, and they say this is harmful to me and my family. Mm-hmm. It's a no brainer for me. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I, I've had the discussion with people who have said, like, if you're appreciate, like, as long as you're appreciating the culture and you're going at it with, like, a place of respect, it can be good. But I do think that there is still a line there of, like, you should do research and understand what you're doing and not just be like, well, it's pretty and I think that it's good. Because sometimes something being pretty has a bit more meaning behind it, and it's very disrespectful to use it. And understanding what you're wearing is important. Yeah, and you should you should do research before you appreciate any culture. But no one expects you to be perfect. The the main thing is when told that you're doing something wrong. Don't don't resist. Don't. Don't get defensive. Just stop doing it. Yeah, be open to being corrected. Yeah, and and that goes for like anything, like even beyond cultural appropriation, like just just life. <laughs> it's like I think that's a very it's a very great take the path of least harm. Is you can apply that to anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my general life rule is don't be a dick. <laughs> That is a very succinct way of putting it. <laughs> yes. Can you argue? <laughs> no, I think you should be a bit of a dick. <laughs> Sometimes. No, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Sometimes a little dick's okay. <laughs> anyway, next question. <laughs> Before we derail too much. <laughs> Would you say that racism extends past physical attributes into culture? Definitely. Um, <clears throat> I I think possibly the best example of this is Judaism. Um, some people say that's that's a religion; it's not a race, but it's an ethnic religion, so it has racial background, ethnic background, cultural, religious. It's based, it's everything. Yeah. Physical attributes are a big factor, but culture, I think, definitely plays a part. Um, so 
in uh, in Judaism, there are two basic subsets: um, Sephardic Jews and Ashkenazi Jews. So the Sephardic Jews are Mediterranean in origin, so their coloring is darker. They have they're more visibly ethnic. Mm-hmm. Ashkenazi Jews, a lot of them are white passing. But that doesn't matter to Nazis, white supremacists, ethnic yeah. purists. They are hated just the same. I promise you that. So Oh no. We've lost Saren. Hopefully they'll be back in just a moment. Um, because golly was I getting into what they were saying. <laughs> Saren, Saren, come on. <laughs> oh yeah, the weather's pretty bad. It might be cutting out the internet. I did notice that we something happened. There we go. Oh, I'm back. <laughs> it's only me right now. But once Saren comes back, then we will get everything going again. And everything will go back to being perfect. Oh, good. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Sorry, my phone died. I was keeping an eye on the battery, and then I got really into that last question, and I just totally there's that. Okay, I was afraid it was the internet because, like, we also lost viewers at the same time. So I was like, "Oh, something exploded." <laughs> no, that was all me. Okay. That was all me. Yeah, well, now we know that our viewer base was based in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't remember where I was. Uh-huh. Uh, I panicked when it died. Okay, right, so we were... We were... Yeah. Yeah, we were discussing about um, white passing within Judaism. Right, yes. So the two subsets, um, one of them with um, Mediterranean background, one of them Eastern European, Eastern European and tend to be more white passing. They get the same amount of hate from ethnic purists like like white supremacists and Nazis. Um, so while their physical attributes, racial physical attributes can, they're definitely the most visible thing you can attack. It's not it's not the main basis, I think. Like, you can have white-passing Muslims with head coverings. They will get attacked because of their culture, not their skin color. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. This um, question was um, stemmed from a tweet um, that was, um, I, my, my roommate was discussing it, so I will be paraphrasing the tweet because I, I didn't read it, <laughs> but <laughs> it was about how, um, um, 
Latinx people shouldn't be considering themselves um, people of color because so many of them are like originated from um, colonists. And I'm just like, well, they've also been oppressed and their culture is perceived to be multicultural. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just like, yeah, there's, I'm sorry, the people of color, like, <laughs> Yeah, they're multicultural, and I mean that doesn't mean they can't also be oppressive. Like, they are. There are, for example, South America. Um, there are still native groups, and South Americans that originated from colonists can be oppressive to those groups, but that doesn't mean they're not also being oppressed. And I find. that that has weight as well. Yeah. So complicated. It is complicated. Yeah, yeah it, it absolutely is like more complicated than I made it out to be of just like, yeah, there are this. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the verdict. <laughs> it's complex. Everything is complex. Yeah. But but yes, I believe um, racism affects people based on culture as much as skin color. It's just not as easy to track all of the time. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Good answer. <laughs> Ready. Number four. Oh. Okay. What are your thoughts on the N-word? Can it be taken back, or is there too much history attached to it? All right. The N-word. I personally hate it. I don't like being called it by anyone, regardless of race. I mean, especially white people, but I don't like being called it by black people either. Uh, I don't like hearing it. I don't like saying it. If it's in a song, I will skip it. It's... It's fraught. I... It's history is too fraught for me. I do think it's okay for black people to use it, but it's so rooted in oppression and deep with hatred that I don't think we'll ever get to a place where just anyone could use it. No. No, no, like, no. I don't think it will ever be acceptable for a white person to use it. I don't think, I don't think anyone of any other race or ethnic background should be able to say it. I mean, there's even some debate, should should Africans in Africa who were not brought to the Americas be able to use it because it wasn't used to oppress them? I've seen that, that debate. And it, I don't, I don't know where I stand on that. It kind of, it makes sense, but mm -hmm. it's definitely, it's not something that they can escape either. 
Yeah. Like, anywhere they go, there's a chance that someone will use that word to oppress them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no matter what, it is still attached to the visuals. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I hear a lot of white people talk about when it's, it's like, I, I've heard more white people than black people talk about when it's okay to use and when it's not. And <laughs> usually the answer is when there aren't black people around. Mm. I, I've, I've um, kept myself, I, as I mentioned earlier, small town, small town. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I've had this debate with um, many um, family members uh, about um, why it's a it's a no go, just no matter what. And um, I've had people say that because of the power behind it, it, you're able to use it as an insult when someone's not good to you. And I'm just like, use something else. Call them a jerk. Call them an asshole. Like there are so many other words that you don't have to attach your insult based on someone's race. Just step away from that mindset. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Is their race the reason they're being a jerk to you? No. <laughs> I mean, even if it was, but like, I'm going to say it probably wasn't. No. Why would using their race as a weapon be acceptable? Exactly. It's just throwing something, like, it's throwing something irrelevant into a fight that shouldn't be there, and it's really just hurting. Like, it just, it's so, it's so gross. And it's not even, it's, it's not just hurting your target. It's, there are casualties. Anyone yeah. around Anyone who hears that, you're hurting them too. Yeah, absolutely. And even like like children hearing it and growing up and hearing their parents say it freely and argue about how it's okay to say, you know, you're going to grow up and you're going to say some really awkward things in front of people and get called out. Yeah. And I am so grateful that I was called out without being injured. <laughs> hmm. To be frank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm... All we could do is our best. Yeah. <laughs> Just learn and move forward and don't hurt. And you, if you can avoid hurting, just don't hurt. Yeah. I've, as you know, hurting anyone is like the last thing on my to-do list. Gentle soul. I'm allergic to bees and I don't even hurt them. Well, obviously bees are our friend. I need them. <laughs> <laughs> Save the bees. But keep them away from you. I will martyr myself for bees. <laughs> <laughs> I need my oranges. Yourself for the cause. Exactly. Ready? Ready. Number eight. All right. This is um, a two-part question. How does perception affect black hairstyles? Have you ever had issues with professionals who haven't received adequate training for different races? This also applies to makeup artists and any kind of professional that you've had to interact with. Yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of perceptions of black hairstyles are that they're messy, they're, they're dirty, they're unprofessional. 
a lot of people don't believe that you can wash threads, which is, I will tell you wrong, incorrect. You can wash threads. Unless you're white, then, I mean, you can't. I mean, you shouldn't have them. But they're also really dirty. Yeah. And that's why white people think they're dirty. It's yeah. Like, well, if it's dirty for me, <laughs> why would someone else have a different experience? <laughs> Your experience is not universal. Uh, <laughs> but I'm human neutral. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, I mean, it, it affects you. It affects all your hair is like it's part of your existence it's mm -hmm. as visible as your skin color um a lot of people consciously or not they see black hairstyles and they think they think it's unprofessional it's messy it's dirty it's all sorts of things um but no one's natural hair should be considered dirty. That's just, that's messed up. Mm -hmm. um, as for the second part uh, of the question, I, I've had a lot of experiences with uh, hairstylists who don't know what to do with curly hair. Like, they, they don't know how to style it. They don't know how to cut it. I, I'm 25. So I've had my hair cut a lot by a lot of different people. And while a lot of people have done it successfully, most of them have been Black people. A lot of white people, I will go into the, I, I, I like, I like going to this hair, hair and aesthetic school to get my hair cut because it's real cheap and I'm offering them basically a canvas to practice on. And I was always of the belief that my mom, that my mom always, her, her philosophy on hair is if it's not illegal it's not immoral, it'll grow back. Yeah. So always my thought is, worst case, I shave my head. Yeah. So I'm like, I go there because it's cheap, and I am helping them. But I've had a few experiences that were less than optimal. Uh, and before that as well, um, where white people have the idea that they can't cut curly hair without straightening it first um and I've had to argue I'm not a very assertive person I don't often stick up for myself you uh, uh you know this uh but one of the things that gets me heated is people trying to tell me things about my hair yeah because I know my hair I, I do not understand why you're arguing with a 25 year old about how to cut their hair doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but I've had I've had. Oh, I just need to straighten it. And I'm like, why? To get 
so when I cut it, I get the true length. Now, that's something I've heard multiple times. Your true length can only be achieved while your hair is straight. Now, this is absurd because your true length is the length your hair will be naturally. So the length my hair is while it's curled is the true length. No? Does that, does that make sense to you? It does, does make sense. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, it's, that's a trick for white people hair because so many have wavy hair. So then if you cut it while it's wavy, then it gets choppy. So that's, that's it. It just, it's, it works differently for curly hair and that's just, and they should know that. I, um, sorry, sorry, were you done? Or am I interrupting? I have more, but like I can, I can springboard off other things you have to say too. I just have a, I have a story. Yes. So, um, I, as you know, I, I took a, a makeup program, and in that program, we had some hair, some hairstyling courses. I may have even told you the story, but of course, I'm still going to tell the story. <laughs> Once upon a time in hair class, um, a, a group of black women walked by, and I thought to myself wow, if any one of them sat in my chair, I would have no idea what to do. So I, I asked my instructor if we ever worked with, with hair, and it was black hair, and <laughs> she went, oh, well, like we do a bit of a slideshow on it, but it's pretty much the same thing as oh. like, and then she points to a Spanish girl in the class who has like, like long black curly hair. And says, like, like, yeah, like, working with black hair is the same as, like, working with her hair. So um, it's just curls, right? So it's just the same thing. It's just a bit harder. And that was what I was taught in my program that I paid money for. <laughs> oh, professional. I'm a professional hairstylist now. Yeah. <laughs> I. Would you let me do, do your hair? I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> it'll grow back. I I have let you experiment on me before. I could be convinced, probably, but I think I think it's 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 wild that, and this is something that people don't even think about. Like your your professional professor was saying that this was inconsequential because it's not something that occurs to them. They don't have the practice. They don't have the understanding. I, um, I honestly, I remember one of the more recent times I had my hair cut and Okay, we are live again. Um, so sorry about that. I um, Instagram closed. <laughs> so we will just, oh, Saren's already back, so quick. Hello. Hello. Technical <laughs> difficulties. We'll get through this. <laughs> what was that? I said, oh, technology. Oh, technology. We need you, yet you forsake us. 
<laughs> um, so that um, turned off at, like in mid sentence, I think, and I I don't remember where I was. So should we just go to the next question? I, I do we want to continue? I remember I was talking about my experiences with uh, hairstylists. Right. Um, oh my god, I just assumed I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Um, but yeah, my one of my most recent experiences was with a the hairstylist was mixed and but she had closer to wavy than curly hair and she was like yeah my sister has curlier hair like yours and we straighten it to cut it so i just need to straighten yours and I'm like but you know no it was and it's 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 upsetting it's because these people they're telling me about my needs. Yeah. Which they very much never do. Don't do that. Don't argue with people about what their needs are. That's very silly. Um, I've had uh, one that just came to mind. I've done some work as extras for, for various TV shows filmed in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I remember one, it was a sort of post-apocalyptic sort of uh, I don't even remember the show. I never watched it. Um, but uh, they wanted people who were sort of like, they were in this grungy, dirty neighborhood. And they were like tan and sort of grimy. And they like, these were the, this was the, the like working class, lower class, this sort of dystopian future. Not, not necessarily a post-apocalyptic, but like dystopian future. Yeah. And they were doing makeup for people. And I was getting real close to brown face. Like, like just a little too close. And I remember they sent me, they did my hair. They didn't do much with my hair because my hair is already perfect. But they sent me to makeup. And the makeup artist was just like, oh, you're tanned enough. I'm like, you do realize that I'm black, right? I'm glad I- all right well this is one and done i will do this and get paid and then i will never do this again yeah you're tan enough you're tan enough yeah do not need any more color because i am tan yeah so yeah so this is some of my experiences with with uh professionals not really understanding uh, this. Yeah. <laughs> All of this. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. I'm a little sweaty up. Oh, it, it is so hot. <laughs> it's supposed to start raining at 8, so, you know, any minute now. <laughs> I think that's just going to be humidity. The humidity is going to be at 90%, There will be no rain. Yeah, it's, it's just wet. It's just wet. Um, all right. Question two. 
Why is realistic representation important? Why are stereotypes harmful? Can they be good? All right, that is a three-part question. Um, but I think I can just kind of keep the ball rolling. Um, I think uh, representation is really important because seeing someone like you doing incredible things, it lets you believe that you can do incredible things. That sounded so preachy. I don't know why it came out like that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. But like seeing people do things that are that are powerful, seeing people achieve that that gives you the opportunity to believe in yourself. That's super cheesy. I I remember reading about um it was a post I lost it. I tried to I tried to find it. Um when you told me we were gonna be talking about race, I tried to find it, but I couldn't find it. But I do remember uh after uh Into the Spider-Verse, um as dad was talking about his son. Black dad was talking about his black son, obviously, who had always loved Peter Parker's Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Did not know Miles Morales existed. But he loved Spider-Man. And the first time he saw Miles Morales, his thoughts, I didn't know Spider-Man was black. I could be Spider-Man. Which is like, that's so cute. Yeah. That, that illustrate, that shows you that this is why it's important. This boy now believes that he could be a hero because he saw himself in a hero like because when you grow up at seeing all you see on tv people like you being a thug or a terrorist or some sort of villain you grow up thinking that that's all you can be and even if you don't even if you're able to not internalize that it's impossible not to at least internalize this is how other people perceive me. Yeah. Right? You see, you see, you're, you're a black kid and you see thugs, gangsters, that's, that's all you're seeing on TV. You're like, I'm not like that. What other people think I am. That's harmful too. Yeah. You can't, you can't escape that. And because you're not, and you're not wrong. You think that's how people see me, and it's obvious that that's true, and you see that it's true. If all a white kid sees on TV growing up is black people, gangsters, Middle Eastern people is terrorists, uh, Jewish people being alluded to as villains, goblins, like those anti-Semitic stereotypes, it's impossible for them not to internalize that. Yeah. It's impossible. How could they not believe that even just a little bit? Mm -hmm. That that's how people are conditioned to be prejudiced is what they see. And I think 
it's so important for people to see themselves as heroes. But I think it's also equally important for other people to see that other people can be heroes too. Yeah. yeah and that's how you would avoid things like people freaking out with a black Captain America. Because okay. if it's normal, it's not a bad thing. Because <laughs> I, I don't need to explain farther in that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I, another thing I do want to touch on, though, is something that's not as spoken about is the anti-Semitic stereotypes that are often ignored because they're not explicit. But I bet you could imagine a villain. Maybe it's a witchy type with a long nose, very Eastern European characteristics. Um, Their name might sound Eastern European, and they're not explicitly Jewish, but they kind of are. Yeah. When you think about it, um, the only the only thing I, there are so many. The only thing that comes to mind right now is Mother Gothel. She 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 looks so Jewish. And <laughs> yeah. Like she's not written as Jewish, but you see those characteristics and you make the connection subconsciously, and it feeds into anti-Semitic stereotypes and queer coding is another thing a lot of villains a lot of male villains are are effeminate a lot of female villains are very uh sexually suggestive and or overweight or overweight yeah um they could be very butch or they could be femme but like with a like a really predatory sort of uh, mannerisms. Yeah. It's, it's, it's obvious when you're looking for it. And that's, I think, something people need to do to help fight those prejudices is, is look for it, be aware of it, uh, counter it in your head. I, I think being aware of things that are happening can help you just fight them, even if not externally, internally. Just be aware. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I feel like we need, a, we need a better way for me to finish, like, my answer, because there's, like, always just the pause. You're like, are they going to say more? And I'm like... Again. Just say the end. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> My say is final. Yeah, we're at we're at a, we're at an end now. <laughs> Number six. Why focus on black lives if everyone is a victim of police brutality? All right. So I 
I'm going to say that black lives, black bodies are the ones being discarded, desecrated, disrespected by the police like no other. And just the rate at which black people are brutalized and murdered compared to other races when taking into account the population breakdowns, because you can you can say just numbers, maybe statistically more white people are killed by police than black people, but you have to look at the neighborhoods where this is happening. The, the racial breakdown of where this is happening and you'll see the disparity and it's horrifying it's it's distressing it's disgusting I it and the idea that black people don't care about other races being victims of police brutality is also absurd. Black people care about all victims of police brutality. It's it's bad it's a bad faith argument to say to think otherwise. I like several years ago, like after the after like shortly after the emergence of the Black Lives Matter movement, I remember a few instances there was this white kid who was I don't remember the exact uh details because it was a while ago, but he was shot and killed by police over weed. I don't know if he was smoking it, if he had it but he was killed over weed. And there were there were calls from black people of the officers involved. They they advocated for this weapon. And you know who didn't say anything about this? All lives matter. Black people were like, where's the All Lives Matter crowd right now when this poor kid was shot over a bag of feet? Yeah. So after that, there was uh, this white kid, a uh, young kid with autism who was sitting in his dad's car and shot through, through the window or the windshield by police Black people were all over that. Black Lives Matter were, they were advocating for that. They were, they were protesting that. They want all police to be a held, held accountable for all acts of brutality. Yeah. I, and I don't, I don't remember any of these saying anything besides Oh, that's shitty. 
school. Like there were there were no All Lives Matter protests for that. So I think I mean All Lives Matter seems to only apply when black people are asking you to care about them. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say a thing about All Lives Matter. There, there are different people who are saying this ridiculousness. There are the people who came up with it, and their only goal is to be dismissive. They are genuinely racist. They're not going to hide that they're racist. They're like, all lives matter because we don't want to talk about black lives. But there's the other group of people, I think, who maybe they're not explicitly racist. Maybe they're like a little racist. They're subconsciously racist. Racist. It's, it's in our society. It's pervasive. Or they don't think they're racist or they would never intentionally be racist. And they hear all lives matter and they hear people saying there's something wrong with saying that, and they're like, why? Yeah. And I've recently seen a lot of analogies, like if your house was on fire, and some, and I was like, call the fire department, and you're like, what about all the other houses? Obviously, the other houses aren't on fire. Your house is on fire. That's the house that matters right now. Yeah. And analogies are good, and I think it's I think it's helping. I, I've heard a lot of people say that their their relatives who aren't really racist are like okay, but I think I want to say exactly what's happening with the disparity for the not explicitly racist people with the Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. The issue is implicit language. There's one implicit word in Black Lives Matter that is being misunderstood. Black people are saying Black Lives Matter too. White people are hearing only Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. There's a miscommunication in the implicit word there. It's implied, and each side thinks it's obvious which word is implied. But you should listen to the people who came up with it, who are saying it. What they mean is Black Lives Matter too, because it's already shown in society that we believe that white lives matter. We believe all lives matter but right now it's not it's not showing for black people yeah we're just trying to say that black lives matter too absolutely and i i don't know if that's helpful at all but i think i wanted to just take it out of an analogy and just exactly what's happening is a misunderstanding of the implicit word in the phrase. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, something, if you have 
I'm not racist family member who says all lives matter because they heard it and not they're not one of the people that came up with it because they didn't hate black people. Yeah. But just tell them that they're misunderstanding the implicit word. I don't know. They, that's a little bit too much for some people. Yeah. But just saying Black Lives Matter too is what's being said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and explaining that is like probably the first step in importance for this because a lot of people are like, if, if you're missing the first part of the message, how are you going to listen to the rest? <laughs> a lot of people can't get past that. They're like, well, these people are just saying that their lives are the only ones that matter. I don't want to hear what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And then they're using that as an excuse to stop listening. Um, as um, a special, so you and I have three questions left, but as a special surprise question, um, my roommate wants to ask a question. Oh, okay. So she's just going to shout it. It's kind of just on that subject. Like, I, don't know, there, I know that right now it's a very significant time, especially for the Black Lives Matter movement. There's just, I feel like a lot of other people are afraid to speak up about other situations that are going on, such as, like, um, in the, like, I know a lot of people are afraid to bring up um, the dangerous situations that are going on in the Philippines, or like the Hong Kong protests, or like um, just racism towards Asians for COVID-19 and stuff like that. Like, people are just afraid to bring that up um, during a time like this. Because like, it's for the stuff in the Philippines, for instance, like the anti-terrorism bill, it is something that is happening at the exact same time as the Black Lives Matter movement. And for example, for me, I'm Filipino and I'm afraid to talk about it on Twitter just because I know there have been a lot of responses where people are like, why are you bringing this up now? This is not what's important right now. Mm-hmm. It's just like, how would you say I should respond to this? Or should I be speaking about these things at all? Well, <laughs> that is that is a tough one because you're not going to have anyone that agrees on that. I, I just think the important thing is not to derail other conversations. So I think make, make your post about what's important because that's important too. Make your post about what's important. Just don't don't make it. I've seen a lot of these these mistakes happening. It's similar to a lives matter, which is like we're talking about this. Why aren't we talking about this? And it's like instead of why aren't we talking about this? Just talk about it. And I, I understand that you might be you you're getting pushback about this. I. I would say I don't agree with the pushback. I can't stop the pushback, though. I can't tell other Black Lives Matter advocates not to dismiss your concerns. As long as you're not going on posts about these protests to talk about 
you're, as long as you're not derailing other conversations, I think you're perfectly in your right to talk about other things that matter. Because I think a big part of understanding people is just like about those things is because like it's immediately following like the blackout, the like the blackout posting days. Mm. to acknowledge other things that are going on so oh, yeah, sure. if, if, you're, if you're like if you want to talk about these are all the things that are important to me right now and you want to include everything I feel like it's really hard to have a complaint about that like you are addressing everything you're mm -hmm. you're saying this is important this is also important to me uh, I think anyone who pushes back against that is wrong. Um, I mean, I, I, I can get people feeling like you're trying to derail, but I support, I support you and the causes that are important to you. Um, I will like your posts. If you let me, oh. <laughs> I will tell you. Yeah, they'll the, like your post if you let them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I read a supportive comment. Yeah, it was. Um, so, so this was actually question nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's sorry. why I started yeah. laughing. You started asking it, which like like to explain anyone who's asking, who's wondering why I started laughing when she's talking about like like the crisis in the Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing at the situation, not the situation, but the situation. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just going to take my foot and <laughs> just... <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, and I mean, I have seen posts about that, and I really feel for it because a lot of other things are being drowned out right now. Mm -hmm. Everyone's trying their best to highlight what they can everything is really overwhelming right now yeah What's going on every single day everything happens so much mm -hmm. and and it's it's you're getting bombarded with this all the all the news all the tragedies and it's so hard to keep focused it is quit or to, to cover everything. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're talking about something that's important, not just to you, but to people, like I'm not going to say this is important to you and it's not important to anyone else. This is something that's important. Uh, if you're honest with that your feelings 
and it's not hurting other people because sometimes honesty hurts other people honesty hurts other people um that's a reference to I'm just stating my opinion, but music. if you're if your feelings about these issues, they're real, you can't go wrong. And people might tell you you're wrong, but just if you feel like it's right. It's right to talk about this is important right now. This is something that's happening right now. It's not going to be put on hold because of other things that are happening right now. Mm-hmm. You can talk about that too. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I have a similar um, re- response with that because I, I, I was thinking about it, obviously, if I had something like this as a question. And it's, um, I don't think that having multiple movements while I do think that they can like be um, they can be a bit much in the news, but I think globally having multiple movements is a good thing. So while it might be like overly saturated for regular civilians, I think that if like a lot of um, like like systems of government have people rising up against them at the same time, we might be able to actually like I don't want to say global revolution, but. <laughs> revolution (laughs) yeah like keep putting stress on the government just bombard them with what we're being bombarded with every day absolutely we have the means to change we have we have it in us we just have to actually collect it and not be as like i think um like separating so many different causes is a big part in in it where it's just like, hey, we're, but I also think that separating causes and focusing on them is important. And that's where the conversation gets difficult because it's just like, no one should be oppressed and everyone should just not be a dick. (laughs) (laughs) But then there are the people who are like, okay, well, what if I'm addicted to trans people though? Because, eh, eh, no. (laughs) Half of least harm. Yeah, be excellent to each other. I I hope I was in my answer not dismissive. I didn't hear all of the beginning of the question, which was a little far away. But uh, I hope my answer meant something. Um, at least. Um, it was very roundabout. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank you. 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 Two questions left because I'm just gonna erase number nine because we covered it. <laughs> it's totally okay. That was that was a great sidebar. All right. Yeah. So both questions are just ten and eleven. So I'm just gonna do if it's under five and over five. Fair. Zero. <laughs> Did you you were rolling the the 
D one hundred. That's that's a ten. I I know, I know. <laughs> Checking. <laughs> Your DM is showing. <laughs> Sessions. Are we ever gonna continue that session? But anyway. Someday. Anyway, why are people allowed to protest, but I can't go to the beach? Well, does not going to the beach kill you? Hmm. Hmm. But I'm bored at home. Yeah. <laughs> but you are not dead. But what about my toddler? They're bored. Why can't I bring my toddler to the beach? <laughs> yeah, my toddler's boring me to death. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think <laughs> this is very funny. <laughs> but I think, um, honestly, this is a this is a path of of least harm situation again. The protests that they're happening now. It's, it really sucks that they have to happen now. Mm -hmm. It's not, people aren't choosing to have them now. They have to happen now. Yeah. There needs to be traction. There needs to be, and, and it's accomplishing things. So much has happened because of these protests. Mm -hmm. And it really sucks that the numbers will go up because of these protests. That's it's not even a question. It it will happen. I think it's it's tragic. I think a lot of that has to do with how the police are handling it and not necessarily the protesters. Most pictures I see of protesters, they're wearing masks. A lot of a lot of videos you see police tearing people's masks off to pepper spray them just uh, unconscionable i unconscionable it's uh, i think the anger needs to be directed in the right place um that's hard for people a lot of people they get, they get angry and they aim it at the easiest target. Um, but you should, you should do what hurts the fewest people, helps the most people. Right now, that's not going to the beach, and that is protesting. And if you can't protest, if you're not protesting, you're you're not in the wrong. Even even if you're not immunocompromised, if you're not elderly, if you're if you're, you're young, healthy, you all your roommates are young and healthy, and you can't protest, that's okay. But don't go to the beach. But don't go to the beach. <laughs> If you're that gonna go out, at least protest. Yeah, that that was another inspired by social media um, <laughs> question. Someone um, made a status about how it's bullshit. How that the, all these people can. 
go out there and stick up for their lives and I can't entertain my child. I'm like, there's just a bit, just different, different scales. Just, it's like, just, they're just so different. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brenda. <laughs> or no, sorry. It would be a Becky at that age, right? <laughs> Uh, Becky, or how old were About I don't know. I have babies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It sounds like it might have been a Linda. Be a Linda. Yeah, but too young to be a Karen though, because she's younger than me. Yeah, no. Linda or Becky. Linda, Linda or Becky. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of stereotypes. <laughs> Hello. Hellcat Creates is here again. <laughs> again. And our last question. Last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is a proper way to respond to people who behave like saying someone is black is a bad word? Uh... Sorry, so someone is saying black is a bad word and you're trying to explain why that's ridiculous? Yeah. Like, you know, like, people be like, oh, you know, like, um, you know, Ray has a friend named Saren and they're... <laughs> people are like that, where it's just like, like, no, like, a fact about you is, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but this is your answer, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 yes. Uh, I, I need more context, though. So, thank you for the context. Uh, I would say, I mean, giving them a look like they're being ridiculous kind of, I think, will make them think about what's happening. Um, I, that's just, the concept is so funny. <laughs> What a great last question. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you can just say black is not a bad word. It's uh, it's what they use to describe themselves. Uh, it kind of makes it seem more offensive if you're saying it like it's a dirty word. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's not a dirty word. It's just a descriptor. Uh, I mean, there are contexts in which it's not appropriate to specify like why is it relevant that there are, is that, is that relevant to the story or did you just want to say it? Is this fun? It's usually not relevant. <laughs> it's usually not relevant. I think the, e the easiest thing to do is just like, why, why are you saying it like that? I mean, the, and then how you follow depends on their answer. Mm -hmm. Really. Um, if they're like, Oh, I thought it was a bad word. First of all, it's not. And second of all, if it was, then why are you saying it? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Saren comes in swinging. 
If uh, yeah, if it's if it's a if you think it's a dirty word, why are you saying it? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I had um my my ex's like eighty six year old like very German grandmother referred to someone as black and then like but she like whispered it. And I was just like, so I just kind of told her, I'm like, like, you do know that, like, that's allowed. And she was like, oh, I thought you couldn't. I thought that was the bad one. And I'm like, well, but, but if, if you thought that was the bad one, then, but like, um, we did, um, my, my roommate and I had a discussion earlier about how it could be stemmed from people um, saying, like, like, how it used to be phrased as like, kind of separating. And so instead of saying, like, Saren's black, I would say, like, Saren's one of the blacks. And that is a huge, huge difference. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah. Pluralizing anything makes it a lot worse. It's, yeah. It's turned into a noun. Yeah, you make it a noun. So, like, most people say, Yeah. Like, that's the Jews. Definitely. It's. All right, so then um... don't call them the Jews. Don't call them the queers. It's just uh, not not fun. It's very dehumanizing, in fact. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Dehumanizing is a good um, perspective to look at it. Um, so um, the final bonus question. Um. <laughs> <laughs> is what can I do as as a white person? How can I make everyone feel better? I need to save the world. <laughs> no pressure. Well, what can you do? And what can white people do? Uh, you can educate. You can do your best to bring awareness to issues confront people who who are doing and saying problematic stuff you can't really hide from from that i mean i know it's hard to to stand up to relatives who are being dickheads but one of the best things you can do is not back down mm -hmm. for other people. I, as I've mentioned before, and as you know, I'm not great. I'm not great at self-advocating, but I'm pretty good at advocating for others. And I mean, I know sometimes that's harder, but it's it's so important in your voice because most racists are white. Your voice as a white person has more weight than mine. And you should use that weight when you can. You should amplify. I know you've heard amplify other voices. That's literally what you're doing right here so you're doing great um uh, this this would be a very different segment if you answered these questions on your own 
Oh my god. My thoughts on the N-word. Yeah, so do what you're doing. uh, Stick up for other people. Amplify other voices. uh, Path of least harm. Keep helping the most people you can and do better tomorrow than you did today. And I did so good today. You did amazing today, but tomorrow you have to do better. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Won't let you down, Saren. I believe in you. Thank you. Depend on you. <laughs> You're okay. take a break tomorrow. You can take a nap tomorrow. It's okay. In general, it'd be great. <laughs> be great in your nap. A power nap, if you will. A power nap. Yes. <laughs> but in general, just keep moving forward. Keep pushing forward. Because it's not always easy to move. Sometimes you have to push. Um, stick up for yourself, too. It's the hard advice that I don't always take. Mm-hmm. But you can't really stick up for others if you don't stick up for yourself. Uh, That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It it starts in the heart. Starts in the heart. You have a good heart. Everyone watching, I think your heart is great. Mina, I think your heart is great. Oh, thank you. That's you, Mina. <laughs> I'm assuming it's not a very common. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I think that's what I have to say. Yeah. Um, do you have any um closing matters or facts about anything that's happening? I think you gave me the opportunity to say everything that was on my mind. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm honored even. All right, so um, this has been Rachel Lockdust Presents Serious and Sober with Saren. Um, we have, um, as um, you may be able to guess, we are not um, affinitive. Um, we don't have an affinitive say in anything that all of these um, questions that we have said have been uh, mostly our opinions, um, but they are based in our own experiences. So, wh- like, everything that anyone says should be taken at with like a grain of salt and should be processed in your own heart. <laughs> but you should also listen to us because we're nice people. <laughs> and I mean, it, the path of least harm bit, I thought that was a good bit. And I mean, you can't go wrong with that. It's literally in the name. Yeah. Least harm. Exactly. Take, take the path least harm and don't be a dick. <laughs> exactly.
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll, we'll end it there. Um, don't be a dick. And thank you so much for coming, Saren. Oh, you had another point. I saw you with uh, my shirt, which is a great shirt. Well, I'd be racist, sexist, homophobic, or transphobic when you could just be quiet. Ooh, I have a few people I should say that to. <laughs> All right, so we will end it on your glorious shirt. Thank you for being your glorious self. I love and appreciate you and everyone else who came to view us. Everyone have a good night, and thank you for watching. Good night.